The retail industry is changing fast. And now, more than ever before, retailers are realizing they need to figure out how to keep up. So what's the first question you should be asking yourself? Well, I'll tell you. How does AI fit into your business? With over two decades of experience, our AI data engine connects 150 plus enterprise and cloud system data connectors. With tracking on over 4 billion SKUs, Edited helps retailers leverage the best in AI-driven data and insights to succeed. In this mini-series, we'll bring the insights straight to you. With the help of Edited's president, John Squire, and senior vice president of retail sciences, Michael Ross. Subscribe now to Edited Inside Retail and take a listen to our Tech Talk mini-series, where commerce and technology meet to discuss the latest trends shaping the global retail landscape, helping you solve the everyday challenges you are facing in your business. I'll be your host, Grace Hill, Retail Strategy Director at Edited. You can find this mini-series as part of the main Edited podcast feed, and you can follow us wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm here with Edited's president, John Squire, joining us from Silicon Valley and Edited's senior vice president of retail sciences, Michael Ross, who is here with me in London. Hello, Grace. Good afternoon. Hi, Grace. So in our last episode, we really drilled down on the question of what micro decisions retail executives need to get their businesses up to speed with the ever changing needs of today's tech orientated consumer. Of course, we've been looking at this through the lens of using AI and making data-driven decisions. But this week, let's take it one step further. John and Michael, I know your advice to retail professionals is really to embrace the use of AI and data in your workflow. But the natural next question is, what's the right mix of human and machine? And how do retail executives know what's right for them and what's the right teaming model? Michael, how about you kick us off? Thank you, Grace. It, look, it's a great, it's a great question. And I think, um, I'm thinking a lot and talking a lot to our clients about this sort of concept of human machine teaming. And I think there's this general sense that when you get into AI and automation, it, it's kind of like an, it's all or nothing. It's either it's humans or it's automated. And, and in, in reality, it, it's a complex spectrum. Um, and there's many gradations of, of kind of ways that sort of humans and machines can sort of work together. Um, and let me maybe give you an analogy with sort of self-driving cars. You know, we're all used to the concept of a self-driving car. And let's imagine uh, you get into a, an autonomous car with no steering wheel. You know, you, you, you put in your destination um, and then you hope for the best. Um, but the moment there's a steering wheel, you know, life gets more complicated. You know, the, the, the machine has to um, help the human understand, you know, when when should they intervene? How much notice are they going to be given that they will intervene? Um, what information is the human given to understand why they need to intervene and, 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 and what context do they have? And so what you find with cars is that there's many variants of, um, you know, let's call it driver assist. So my current car, whether it's about parking assistance, which I really need, um, lane assistance, which is very helpful, you know, automatically dimming headlights. You know, we're all now used to cars that have, again, different types of driver assist, but I very firmly have my hands on the wheel. And so I think when one puts this into the context of, well, what does this mean in retail? What does this mean for sort of automated decisioning is to think that there's really this sort of spectrum of how humans and machines can work together. So one extreme, we would say, look, there's traditional humans making decisions in Excel. 
the next level up is what I would call sort of human in the loop, where that I would think of as a sort of human being assisted by a machine, but the human is very clearly making making decisions. The next level would be um, a human in the loop for exceptions, um, H-I-T-L-F-E. And that concept is that most of the micro decisions are going to be made by a machine, but based on a set of rules that the human decides, the human can intervene and handle a set of a set of exceptions. Um, and so the human there have, has, has clearly has more control. Um, the next level is sort of human on the loop. And again, there are various flavors of human on the loop. But uh, the, the mental model here is that the machine is um, making the micro decisions and the human is interacting at a different level of abstraction. The human is managing rules, is managing parameters, um, is managing prediction models. And so what you realize is the moment you move away from it's all human or it's all machine to recognizing this sort of spectrum and these gradations is you start being very thoughtful about, well, what exactly do we want the human to do? Where do we want the human to hand off to a machine and vice versa? I was in a conversation recently um, with somebody who works for air traffic control in the UK and um, in air traffic control, differently to retail it truly is a matter of life or death and and what air traffic control were talking to me about was again you know as we start deploying machines within the sort of air traffic control um systems um they're thinking very very deeply around well exactly where is it that a human is making a decision assisted by a machine versus when is they are allowing a machine to actually make recommendations that the human either accepts or rejects versus when might they in the future allow the machine to actually automatically make decisions without any human interaction. And clearly, um, for these sort of very, very high stakes decisions, they're thinking extremely hard about, well, under what circumstances would different models be appropriate? Well, and I, you know, I think, Michael, what we what we run across today is that um, there's a wide spectrum of acceptance of what we're going to automate in retail and what we're still going to have people uh, making the decision. So that I, I think the spectrum that you had as humans are the loop in terms of making a decision. So people make the decision to where the machines make all of the decisions and uh, people observe whether the, the machine is doing a, a great job or a mediocre job or needs to be retired in their job is, you know, kind of the big debate. And so uh, we have a certain uh, class of our retail executives who feel like full automation is where they need to get to. Uh, and there's still, you know, a lot of resistance to that because decisions that are made day in and day out have worked pretty well over the last, you know, few decades. We're in this position now that technology is there to help humans make less poor decisions and really emphasize, you know, where can they uh, get more value out of the actions that they take and evaluate those quicker and continue to play into, you know, the really good positions of the business. So, John, what, what I think is, you know, pick up on is, is, you know, as we start working more with our machine colleagues, um, you know, we know a lot about, I think, managing machines because we know about managing people. And in the same way that you wouldn't bring, you know, uh, someone, an employee in off the street and, you know, day one, put them in charge of a million dollar budget, um, you know, you'd give them training, you'd set them objectives, you give them feedback, you develop them, etc. I think the same is true of, of machines. 
And so for me, there are two really important themes here. One is um, trustworthiness and the other is explainability. So, you know, humans generally are quite good at explaining what they've done. Um, what does that mean for a machine? How, how is it that if I'm working with my new AI colleague, um, that they can explain to me why they've made a decision and then they can help me understand whether that decision is good or not? And I think these are really important concepts. They are also very complex because typically whenever I'm on the receiving end of some some data scientist explaining to me why a model is good, what you end up with is a very technical explanation that may make sense for a data scientist, but makes no sense whatsoever to a sort of commercial manager. And again, I had a really good example of this from somebody who works um, within the NHS um, trying to apply AI to medical scans. And they said, you know, if we if we give a doctor um, a medical scan with someone who had suspected pneumonia and saying, oh, you know, there's a 72% probability that this patient has pneumonia, but trust us, this is a machine learning model with an F1 score of you know, 92.3%. Um, it's pretty unhelpful to a doctor. It's hard for him to understand whether or not that's good or not, where those numbers come from. But if you give the the doctor a scan where the machine has highlighted the areas of the scan and said, look, these are the three areas of the scan which we typically see gives a likelihood of a higher probability of pneumonia. But there's one area of the scan where there's we think that suggests a lower probability of pneumonia. Net result is we think this is 70% probability. What that allows a doctor to do is much faster without necessarily the need to consult a radiologist is to get to a much better decision faster and equally to understand what is also important back to sort of you know when these decisions go wrong back to your stock picking example you know how bad can it be what is the blast radius of this decision being told a decision is 92 percent accurate might sound reasonably good but if eight percent of the time it's going to blow something up um that eight percent could be a very expensive eight percent so i think for me as one starts to build these sort of human and machine teams we have to set a high bar for what will give you know business leaders confidence that this ai is doing a good job how do we make that transparent how do we make it understandable to people who aren't professional data scientists how would you recommend, based on both of your experiences and background, in helping retail executives have greater confidence in the technology and the AI models that they're using? For me, it's relatively simple. The answer is, well, sh show me what the successes and failures look like. There's, there's nothing like actually looking at the output of a model. Um, what you find with the best um, data scientists is actually they want to look at the data and look at the output. So looking for examples of, well, tell me, give me, show me some examples of where this system is working well and show me examples of where this system is failing um, and, and explain to me why the system fails and, and whether or not do I care about the failures. I think what I would see is having that muscle that, you know, that's not a leader who needs to understand what's happening inside the sausage factory. It's just the, it's just the confidence to be able to ask those questions and know that those are good questions to be asking. What we hear from our retail uh, kind of executives is that with the experimentation they have today, they're looking for uh, different types of uh, ways to find quick wins or, you know, just wins in their business that actually can scale. 
Uh, I think every organization can find unique insights and patterns. Uh, but the question is, can that be applied to the big questions? How do I price my products more competitively and also be able to generate the margins that I need to run the business? How do I design assortments and ranges that are going to be uh, desirable to the consumers we're looking at? How do I increase my ability to uh, supply and deliver on promise uh, to the end clients? And then ultimately, how do I keep uh, customers that are going to be uh, profitable uh, to the business over the long term? And how do I, you know, think about uh, uninvesting in those uh, customer and customer sets that are just not profitable and, and are not ideal for us as a business? That was a really great chat, you two. Let's stop there. If you enjoyed our conversation today, make sure you subscribe to the edited podcast where you can stay up to date on all future episodes of our Tech Talk series. You can also check us out on edited.com to sign up to our weekly insider briefing to receive the latest industry news, analysis and updates straight to your inbox. You've been listening to the edited podcast Tech Talk mini series with Edited's president, John Squire, and senior vice president of retail sciences, Michael Ross. And I've been your host, Grace Hill. Thank you so much for listening.